We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61, from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is uh, Joe Sutton, Pastor of Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis. This is our radio ministry, Isaiah 61. Proud to be on uh, KKMS The Mission. And uh, today we're going to continue our, our topic of, our broader topic of talking about uh, worship. But and uh, but we're going to break it down and, and we I just want to look at it and take a segment and look at uh, look at our young people to look at children in the studio today with me. I have uh, another one of my my children. You've never heard from him. This is Ernest Sutton. Uh, he's my oldest son. Uh, he is a dean of students at uh, an elementary school. Well, it's junior high, right? Yeah, yep. a junior high in, in Minneapolis. And and he's also the head track coach at uh, Edison High School. And they just won. Uh, state again, back to back, three out of the last four years. State track and field champions, you know. So he's 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 a little tired because we roll right into our our, our summer track season. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> and uh, we have a state meet this weekend. Uh, if you, you know, by the time you listen to this uh, broadcast, we'll be almost done. Uh, it comes on at two o'clock, and two o'clock we'll be running. What we'll be getting ready to run uh, I mean, the. Uh, uh, 800 at uh, 800 and then at 3 o'clock there's the 200 meters and then the 4 by 4 and then we'll be done then Sunday uh, while you're worshiping we'll be out there to track again <laughs> finishing up the track meet to see where we place at so we can get kids ready to go to the regional meet where we get to run against teams from uh, Wisconsin Iowa Nebraska and the Dakotas and then we go set ourselves for, for a national meet uh, great opportunity uh I've been doing that particular uh, ministry for, man, how long has it been? 20, 23 years I've been uh, coaching summer track. I remember when I first met you, <laughs> <laughs> got you out there on the track, yeah, you know, and uh, you were, what, 10, 10 when you first started? Yeah, I was 10. Uh, 10, 10 years old when you first started. We, we ain't trying to date nobody, but you get out there and, uh, you know, hard, hard worker. So, now, last week I was talking about worship, and we look at worship and things that worship can do. And uh, one of the things that I was thinking about as I was driving over here is that, you know, we look at David, the life of David, and we say David was a man after God's own heart, and David was a worshiper. He wrote all those songs. He did those things. But David, something unique about David that I kind of like is David was not only a worshiper, but he was also a warrior. Yeah, I mean, you just don't imagine a person who's a worshiper 
you know, just don't imagine a choir director being somebody who can whoop somebody. You know what I mean? Who can, you know, it, it, John's laughing in the studio booth. You know what I mean? Just, you know what I mean? Because most of those guys, man, you know, they tend to be, you know, they tend to be frail. You know what I mean? You know, they artsy. You know what I mean? Just don't expect the artsy guy to just put a put a whooping on you. You know what I mean? Go out there and collect a hundred foreskins. I mean, you just, you know, you know, they go there. So you, you always imagine. You know, some little twerp like Kirk Franklin going around whooping somebody. You know what I mean? And you got these big buff cats, and and he's taking them out with David. You know, but but when we we look at that, how worship plays a key part in our development as 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 believers. You know what I mean? That they, they come in there, and then as you know, and the reason why I I, I decided to shift gears today is because since I had the opportunity to use since school is out, is that uh, our kids tend to reflect that which they take in, right? Definitely. They, they tend to reflect that which they take in. And so when, when when you look at what you do in the schools as a as, as a dean, because you get to see the whole school. You're not locked into one classroom. And you get to see the different types of kids and, and everything like that. Uh, out of just your experience as, as a teacher these last 10 years, what would you say would be a recipe for a parent to make sure that they one have a successful child and uh and two make sure that their summers are spent in a worthy way so what what advice would you would you give out based upon you know your your 10 years in the system first off i I really think that you know as parents you need to recognize the purpose um of why your child exists you know what are they here to do on earth and with that then you try to put them in situations that um encourage them and, and enrich them to to help them reach their full potential. Um, and then at the same time, you want to put them in situations where they may not agree with, but they um, they realize that it is pushing them to another level, that it is uh, propelling them to greater and better things. You know, for example, I have, you know, three three kids. I have a daughter who's in middle school, and it's probably her worst nightmare to to be in a school where her dad works. Um, but in that, um, I'm always looking for ways to not necessarily always make her feel comfortable, but put her in situations or classes or opportunities that um, propel her in, in ways that she may not identify as gifts or, or give her insight into uh, something that she may say, I don't really want to do. But as a parent, I think, you know, this would be a good opportunity. You know, I, I, idle time for me sometimes with young people can uh, give way to a lot of things where they give worship to that necessarily are, are, are not, is not going to help them fulfill their potential. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I really try to keep, um, you know, my own children, but also kids that are involved around me in, in, in a place where they are moving from one thing to the next, but really where there's there's a lot of they're learning and they're growing from from that it, stuff. So what's a great frustration that you have uh, when you look at where our our children are, are, are going? You know, what I mean, when you look at, you know, like you're in school and you look at and, you know, some people say that that uh, some schools only serve as a pipeline to prison, uh, you know, just different things like that. And then we know we have great, some of the kids are being successful because colleges are filling up every day and they're building all these high rises around here. Somebody renting them, you know what I mean, these condos. But, you know, to, what is the frustration that you have as an, as, a, as an administrator with a parent that says, 
that maybe doesn't have purpose. You know, they, they don't know the purpose of their child. They just had it. My, I guess my biggest frustration is the lack of love. Um, when you love something, you're going to do everything possible to, to ensure that they um, reach their full potential but also are, are, are moving in the right direction. And, you know, with that being said, um, I, you know, I really wish that a lot of parents would, uh, you know, realize that, you know, once you have that child or you ha- you bring that, that special someone in- into this world, that, you know, ultimately your goal or your purpose moving forward is to help that person, you know, from 1 to 18 to reach their full potential. So everything you do, every breath you take is to really allow them to reach their full potential. And it relates to even God's potential for them. You know, what is God's purpose for them? What, what, what are they here to do? What are they designed to do? Are they designed to be a doctor? Are they designed to be, you know, the best engineer possible? Are they designed to, to be a teacher? But everything that you put them in or you, you, you allow to, to fulfill their time or they give uh, value to or worth to that is putting them in a position to ultimately, at, you know, in 10 to 15 years from now, that they are on track to do what God has called them to do here on earth. Yeah, and, and you know, one of the things I, I like what you said uh, is idle time. You know what I mean? Man, I mean, I know one of the greatest frustrations for me right now sideline plug plug is that you know we're not even full with our summer program yet you know we have 75 slots and you know we have we have openings you know but it it just seems to me that sometimes instead of trying to find something creative for your child to do something that's going to move in a positive direction uh parents don't they tend to lean on the school system and then when they get out of school they run looking for places and then they all close and then they're frustrated or they cost so much money and, and they didn't budget for it and to do that thing, but you, you know, even if you don't have the money to put your child in a structured program, I just remember, man, you know, my mom always made sure that we had something to do, and we found something to do. Because if we didn't have nothing to do, then that means we had to do housework. So it was like well, we don't do housework, you know what I mean? So, so we found something to do. But I remember my church used to run a day camp, and it was from nine to twelve. Right, and it was outside because they didn't have the build, you know. So we meet in the park, and they have tables to check in. You go to your little thing, you do that from nine to twelve. Then we come home, we eat lunch, and it's hot outside, so we wait for a little while. And then one o'clock, the pool opened up, so we went swimming every day at one o'clock. You know, we at the pool, got home about four o'clock, and uh, then by that time, my mother would be home, make dinner, and then we just play, shoot basketball, play. You know, we had, we ran leagues. I mean. We, we had home run dirt. We played baseball. We counting our home runs. We 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 counting our touchdowns. You know, what I mean, it was always something competitive going on. You know, that, that that kept us busy. But but now, and sometimes I think fear, even though the scriptures say God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a lot of parents are fearful, right? That oh, that you know, and 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 my wife was the same way. It took me years to get out of this, but you know, she would rather for the kids to sit in the house. And she was scared somebody was going to snatch them. I said, don't, don't nobody want them. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you see the black limo snatch the kid and then come back like five minutes later and let the kid back out. You know what I mean? It's like, they're not keeping these little urban things. You know what I mean? It's going to let, you know, and uh, and so, but you do, you, you, but you hear about people coming up missing Definitely. all the time. I mean, you know, everything like that. And so that fear 
makes you make a decision. But then what it does is it puts them on another path with the idle time, you know, and, and they start losing ground academically. They start, uh, they start, they, you know, they, they, then took every picture they could think of with the cell phone. So now they start taking them naked. Uh, you know what I mean? It, 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 it just, you know, and, and then they, these things start happening and it's good kids. It ain't never necessarily the future needle Browns of the, of the world. You know what I mean? It's, it's like you got good because they got nothing to do. You know what I mean? And so they start trying stuff. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, th- I think, you know, with fear drives a lot of the decisions we make. And I don't think as a parent or even a- as an administrator in a school, I never want any decision I make based off of uh, to be made off of fear. I want it to be made off of practical um, principles. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, I look at it, like you said, idle time. You know, we, we allow our kids to not be involved in programming where there's a person because we're afraid of that person. You know, and, and I think the value of programming with people and allowing your kids to get out and meet different people and, 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 and be a part of different pr- programs and, 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 you know, fellowship, it gives them an insight to where they are in their life, you know, because of what you have created as a parent. But it also gives them sympathy and understanding of other people and where they are in their situations because I see where you are and I see where I am. And I and I and I, I can learn from you, and you can learn from me. It's that it's that interconnectedness, and you know sometimes we allow the TV or the the video game or the computer to 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 I you know to to keep our kids' attention and to to manage their summer. And I think you know at that time it can be problematic because now we don't know how to work with one another, deal with one another, or socialize. And then with that, we lose sight of we we all are interconnected in some f- form or fashion. Yeah. I, I, as we come wrapping up to the end of the, the first segment, um, let me ask you a, a personal question. And uh, what were some of the programs that when you look back, because your life was not a crystal stair, uh, we, we'll talk about that in the second half, but, but what were some of the programs that, that you look back on and say, wow, I'm pretty glad that that, that program was available. I'm going to point to probably five programs real quick okay. that, that really touched my life. Um, one was Hospitality House. When Hospitality House was in its heyday, it allowed me um, to really involve with um, sports and but also with people that had a mission and a heart to see me uh, become a better man. But with that, it, it brought in some truth with the gospel. Uh, another program um, that really, you know, um, influenced me was um, a camp that I went to every summer, which was Kids Across America. And that just touched on sports, but it also taught me um, to realize that we live in a global society. You know, meeting kids from Tennessee to Texas (laughs) to Louisiana, you know, I've never seen a guy with goals in his mouth at 12 years old (laughs) until until I went to Kids Across America. He was from Tennessee. And uh, it 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 opened my eyes, um, and then wanted to rob him. <laughs> and, and he and he talked so funny too with it. I didn't know understand how he brushed his teeth. Um, but then uh, a third one was just um, Striders um, Striders Track Club, which was a, a a summer program ran through Hospitality House. But I mean, just seeing the sheer number of kids, you know, 150 on a track, and we're all varied ages, you know, whether it was from eight to 18. And, uh, it was just impactful because I got to learn from, 
you know, the 18 year old when I was 12, but I also got to mentor the 12 year old when I was 18. And that really touched my life because now I can see the generations impacted by, you know, several coaches, Joanne Jackson, you know, John Kramka, you know, you. And so those were the three programs that really impacted me. Yeah. Well, you listen to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton. And uh, this is Ernest, Ernest Sutton. Uh, they gonna give you a title for winning all the state titles, man. Are you gonna be like Coach Esquire, nah. Sutton, uh, uh, or something like that? You gonna get something fancy out of that? Uh, you. So we're gonna take a break, and we're gonna come back, and we're gonna talk about some some practical ways, and then take a little bit deeper insight uh, into this subject we're talking about today, young people. Right. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Dads come in all different shapes, sizes, and styles. Some are well-kept with a modern look, while others opt for the classic cargo shorts and faded t-shirt combo. Some dads are handy, fixing cars and building tree forts, while others are masters of the grill who specialize in piggyback rides. Be sure to tell your dad today the traits you love most about him. Good for you and your father. From AM980 The Mission, Happy Father's Day. You going, going way back into the prehistoric shack. That. Hey, welcome back to Isaiah 61. I'm uh, Pastor Joe Sutton. I'm sitting here uh, with my eldest son, Ernest Sutton, uh, fresh off his uh, victory with his uh, Edison Girls track team, went in state again, three, three out of four years, two years in a row, back to back. You know, you're going to be like Michael Jordan. You're going to get three peats. You're going to ask Riley, can you use this three peat thing? You know, <laughs> maybe. It's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, can I get that license on that three peat, please? Uh, you know, I, you know we, we, we've been talking, and, 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 and let me just bridge this for some people. Because when I say worship, worship, I'm not thinking about worship and like we got a guitar, we got some drums, and we singing a song. I'm talking about worship as in, as in how what influences my life, because that which I worship will influence my life. Yeah, I mean, I tell anybody in a hot day, you can tell what kind of music somebody listen to by the way they dress. You know, what I mean, you can just take one look at the way they dress and you know what kind of music they listen to. Why? Because it influences them. When you you can praise something, and that's just being good about it. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, at the end of the game the other night, a winner always has praise for the person he just beat. Wow, they're great. They're great. They're fantastic. They're just, this, that, 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 that. That's praise, but it, it ain't changing their life. It ain't changing they do. But when you worship someone, you model. You model. You 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 model your game after them. You model your your dress after them. And and so as we worship God, it changes us. You know what I mean? And so, but the thing that we have to look at is that how our 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 children are in public will let us know who they really worshiping. Definitely. Right. So you see as a as a dean of students, 
you see what these kids are really worshiping. Now, they confront when they get home. You know what I mean? They they go to church and sit up on the pew or be in the junior deacon or whatever, or, you know, it might not even be. They, 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 you know, they, they could be at the mosque, you know what I mean? But you also know that it doesn't matter whether they're Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, or what. When they get to school, they're all clowning. You know, what I mean? true. <laughs> they show you who they truly are. They show you who they truly worshiping. You who? know, when they get there to that that point. So, in, in in light of that, I want to just go back to to you a little bit. Is that you know, like I said earlier, your life you know wasn't uh, a crystal stair. You had to overcome uh, some things. You know, what I mean, you had to you had you you were in the system, right? Definitely. You know, Definitely. you were in the system. Uh, you could have easily been. Fell into the eighty-five percent who ended up in trouble with with law enforcement. But the one thing that I always liked about you and your siblings is God always looked out for y'all. He always put y'all in home. You know what I mean? You, you did. You you get in a home where you didn't have. You know, I mean, they didn't quite ride the broom, but you didn't have to. You know, worry about some of the horror stories that that some kids have going through. You know, foster care thing. God always seemed to put y'all with families. And looked out for y'all and kind of nurtured you, and, uh, and 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 went along that way. And one of those families even being 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 our family, you know what I mean. So now, as you're in this other position, and you saw how you, you know, what it took to take for you to overcome, and and uh, and yet, but you see people not taking advantage of what they have, because I, you know, I remember when I, they they had you in special ed, you know what I mean. I was, <laughs> and now you you know you got a master's degree. Uh, you know, you walk right here teaching this school, you know what I mean? So, you know, whether it was a miracle or misdiagnosis, we just throw that up in the air, right? But, you know, but but to overcome that, it took some people helping you. But I give you credit. You were willing to let people help you. You were always looking for, you know, you know, uh, some help or some things, some things in between, you know. And, and, and now that you looked at your position, I know part of you feel like you got to give back. You know, that's why you do Minneapolis public schools as opposed to a private sector thing. But, you know, what does it usually take? Was there a awakening moment for you to give back? You know what I mean? Or did you always want to give back? Or did you just have this thing, like, I don't want nobody to suffer what I suffer, so I'm going to do this? You know, in light of the fact that now, you know, you got children yourself. I think I think the biggest thing that allowed me to give back was the, the realization that and, and the constant reminder that I was never in any position without the help of somebody else. You know, being in those programs that I talked about earlier, it really allowed me to realize that um, my exposure on the track side or my exposure in hospitality house or my exposure at Kids Across America was all because of what others did. And it wasn't because I just showed up. And so with that realization, I realized that once I got to a position where I could give back, I was obligated to give back. You know, you talk about worship and you talk about you know, what what you worship is is really going to come out of you. And, you know, and I, and I look at that all the time. You know, I was in programs that people gave, that there was a selflessness, that it was a community. And with that, I began to withdraw from that, and I had to give it back out. I had to worship by helping others. I had to influence the next generation. I had to ensure that young people still had the same opportunity and, you know, exposure that I had when I grew up. Yeah. And, you know, and, and one of the things we talked about this and one of the things that I just really don't understand, and this is for everybody in, in the public. I do not understand our current 
attitude towards sports that we worship and adore sports in in the pro level, but we don't want to fund sports on the children level. On the children level, and you know, I, I mean, you know how hard it is for us to raise money, you know, with our, with our with our track team. We, it would probably cost us five hundred dollars a kid to really run a team. We charge. We charge $120, you know, just to get out there. We raise the rest of the money. And it's so hard every year raising the money because people don't want to give. But when you look back at your life, hospitality, house, you know, things, you know, it was all sports involved. It, sports taught you your character. I look at Coach Bass, Coach Bueller, uh, Coach Faith. Right? You, know, you, you know, you had some excellent coaches. Commit, and that's just excellent coaches the X's and O's. But I'm talking about committed to building character. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That, that, was, that was out there. And, and and one thing that I would I would, I wrote my notes as you was talking is one thing I would stress the parents to do is that put your child in a good sports program. What's a good sports program? One that emphasizes character over winning. I'm not talking about the winning team. You know what I mean? I ain't on the winning team. I'm talking about the coach that exudes character. You know what I mean? And they go teach them how to act and how to win and not worry about. Because ain't nobody care about who won the city championship of nine year olds two years ago anyway. You know what I mean? But what really care about is the kind of man or woman your son or daughter becomes later on down the pike. You know what I mean? You know, get your kids out there. Matter of fact, it's still time to come out there and join our team. You know what I mean? And and go. This is Joe Sutton, the Spirit of the Lord Church. Uh, you know our radio ministry Isaiah sixty one. Visit us on the web sotl.org. Uh, what well, the sotlchurch.org. All right, God bless.